Welcome to Heavy Networking. This is the show about packets and switches and data centers and routing and connecting all the things together. You know, networking. We think it's pretty awesome stuff. We must, because we've been talking about it on this show for over a decade now, and there are zero signs of us shutting up anytime soon. On today's episode, network automation with sponsor Abstra. But it's not Abstra, not just them coming to tell the story. Instead, Abstra customer Be Elastic is going to tell their tale of data center fabric, multiple data centers, automation, validation, multi-tenancy, eVPN, and more. Ooh, I'm, I am excited. And you should be too, because if you've been looking at automation for your network, you definitely should listen to this episode. This is one of those discussions that can help you understand whether you should roll your own artisanal automation, lovingly handcrafted with Python scripts flowing from your keyboard, or whether your organization organization would be better served with a commercially supported tool like Abstra, and that's the choice Be Elastic needed to make, and we're going to get into why they went the Abstra direction. Joining us today for our scheduled nerdery is Gerald Toth, a cloud architect at Be Elastic, and solution architect Mehdi Abdullu Wahab from Abstra is also here. Gerald, welcome to Heavy Networking, and hey, hey man, let's jump right into the conversation. Tell us what Be Elastic does and give us like a high-level overview of your network because we want to understand that environment that you needed to automate. Oh, thanks. Uh, I, I'm more than happy to tell you. So Bealastic is an uh, infrastructure service provider in Switzerland. Uh, what we are doing is we are serving services like uh, storage services, backup services, bare metal services, virtual machine services, um, uh, currently out of two data centers in Switzerland. Uh, we also operate our own optical fiber network throughout Switzerland. So this is uh, our USB because uh, we are providing high bandwidth, uh, low latency uh, connections to our data centers as well as a typical internet connection to our data centers and that you can uh, consume our services. Okay, so... You said two data centers in Switzerland. Can you give us a sense of how many network devices, how many switches are out there that you're trying to manage? Yeah, sure. So we have two big data centers, uh, our main data centers, uh, one based in Zurich and one in Ticino near Lugano. Uh, so we uh, approximately we are having uh, 170 network devices and uh, more than uh, 1,000 compute nodes ready to serve. Okay. Services for our customers. Okay, a size, not the like the hugest network in the world, but a sizable network, a lot of individual devices and elements that you need to touch. <laughs> if I was sitting there with a keyboard needing to manage those myself, I don't want to do that by hand. I'm over that part. Yeah, let, let's get this stuff automated, right? A absolutely. So, so you have to do it uh, in an automatical uh, way from the very beginning. Otherwise, you get lost very, very quickly. And I think that's the key here for you is that you're a hosted environment or you're a data center provider, you're a service provider. And that I think one of the key things that people expect from your organization is accuracy and predictability. That is, it's not, oh, we've got to update your switch, so we're going to take it down for a day. Just please wait, you know. <laughs> Sorry about that. You've got to be yeah. able to yeah. make configuration changes, do software updates to operate that infrastructure without causing customers problems. Absolutely, absolutely. So you, what you need to do is uh, is auto automation on a very predictable way and uh, with uh, no downtime for the no downtime for the customer. 
Yeah. So the, the topic you're touching on is really the the, the area of 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 you know uh, managing you know changes reliably, right? Because you're a service provider, you are you are you know delivering services to your customers. So basically, network is of course a critical part of it. And yeah, yeah. You sit in the networking team, so so like like one of the biggest challenges is is really you know dealing with changes like reliably, right? So and the automation. You know, whatever automation initiative or automation you know tool you're using, uh, basically have to address this need of, of not just standing up your fabric, but having the ability to deliver services seamlessly and and manage configuration changes like reliably. So, basically, the area of, of dealing with day two operation and and uh, um, you know more than just uh, initial configuration, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It's not just I'm going to use the tool one time and I'm going to set up the network. It's right that continual process of ensuring that the network is configured and operating the way that you want. Um, Mehdi, uh, you're, okay, you're a solution architect with Abstra. We've done Abstra shows before, so the audience can dig back through the archives and find out exactly what Abstra's been doing, some of the new releases that you did along the way that enhanced the capabilities. Can you just give us a high level of where, where you're at today before we dig into the Bealastic solution some more? Yeah, sure. So, so, yeah, as you said, we have had like a previous session, but like at high level, I mean, what we are we are a software solution, you know, to automate like the network operation, you know, from from the from the design up until the uh, you know all the um, the day two operations, and we you know are here to to provide like you know seamless service definition um, and in a, in a vendor vendor neutral way, you know, supporting of course multiple vendors with continuous validation, right? So um, we you know support multiple vendors, all the established players, you know, the Cisco, mm-hmm. the Arista of this world, and so on, and of course all the, the you know the disaggregated stacks like you want to go. Uh, open networking, you know, uh, that is, you know, a major trend in the industry and there are different players and different forces in movement there, uh, but it's not easy, you know, necessarily to, uh, to achieve that. So uh, we basically, you know, bridge the gap, uh, allowing you to uh, go with, you know, any vendor mm-hmm. out there, uh, decoupling your, you know, your user intent from whatever choice you make in the, on the hardware side, uh, and still having this, uh, you know, cloud-like way of consuming the infrastructure, like uh, drastically simple. Um, you define your services, yeah. gets configured and delivered and validated. The thing I like about Appster is they do a lot of the work for me. One of the problems with some SDN solutions, if you like, is you have to know lots and lots of things to be able to make the SDN solution come together. You have to go and spend weeks in training courses. Whereas Abstra sort of takes a different sort of approach, a bit like, uh, bit like an Apple smartphone. It sort of says, this is what you probably want to do and we'll help you get there. And there's still a lot of configurability in an Abstra solution, but you're actually doing a lot of the heavy lifting sort of, if you want to configure the network using eVPN, Abstra does a lot of that for you. I don't have to think about how eVPN works unless I particularly need to or later on when I have something particular that I need to do, you know. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, you touched on EVPN. EVPN is 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 a beast. Actually, it's it's a networking beast. Uh, and and I'm not talking just about you know configuration because you know it has of course uh, it's it's uh, com, you know configuration complexity, but more importantly, you have a huge complexity in the amount of you know signaling and 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 and, and the control pin interaction that occurs there. So. Uh, what we have is basically a reference design where we have modeled 
the you know the leaf spawn architecture in the context of an EVPN use, you know, using um, the hyperscaler, uh, you know, design. I mean, the, the inspiration mm. comes from that. And this is a truly abstracted model. I mean, exposing to the user the ability to define something in the context of this reference design, we take care of all the heavy lifting, of course. One thing that um, I spoke to somebody about recently is they said they started off with Abstra and it was really simple to start and they had a fairly simple starting point, you know, bit of layer two here, a bit of, you know, with a, over a layer three backbone and and the abstract thing started. And then as they got more and more into it, they were able to get more and more complex. Is that still true? More and more complex, like in terms of, of, of type Tweaking of services? The situ- yeah, and the services and the density of services, but also starting to say, uh, I want to be able to customize it this way because I've got a reason. It's not like abstract does it all forces me to just do it one way. There's still plenty of flexibility inside the Abstra solution. Yeah, we keep increasing the design flexibility, like, you know, at multiple, you know, uh, in multiple dimension, like at, at the physical level, like topology-wise, and of course, in terms of services. So if we, you know, peel the onions and we look at, in, you know, the backend implementation and, you know, like deep inside the product. So what we do is we take an intent and that intent has to be modeled as, as you know, as a source of truth. And the backend implementation that is used to model this source of truth is highly extensible, right? Mm. So uh, the data model relies on something called a graph database. I don't know if that has been mentioned in the, in the previous sessions, but uh, it's the way we model like the user intent or the operator intent. Yeah. And yeah. that is highly extensible. So you can, you know, we can keep adding nodes and relationship yeah. in that data model. So, so I could sort of start with my own, start with the standard model and then start adapting it to if I've got specific needs or specific challenges. It's, 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 it's just the way that it starts. A lot of the people start with the, oh, you've got to put the Lego blocks together to build it from the ground up. And some SDN products start that way. Whereas Abstra says, we've got a working starting point. Now let's work out which part of this you need to change. Because it'll be a small part you need to change, but you shouldn't have to know how to assemble a car. You shouldn't need to know gearboxes, engines, brakes, you know, seating, steering wheels, safety, to, to just to build a network. You should be able to just say, this is the network and I need this part change different. So that's, that's how I think of Abstract. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, totally in line. So Gerald, back to you. We just kind of did the quick review on Abstract here. I, I want to drill in now on you and Be Elastic, the problem that you guys were trying to solve. Can you, mm-hmm. we, we got the high level of your network, so now let's drill in and talk to us about the problems that you needed to needed automation for. Sure. So what, what we are facing uh, when, when we did uh, our business strategy uh, for Bealastic, so uh, we decided that we want to develop different services and very quickly go to market. And therefore, we, we, we needed uh, a solid uh, under, underlay backbone uh, network and a flexible overlay where we can all that fancy stuff that we need uh, for tenant isolation and also uh, different service isolation. So it's, it's it's just real quick here. So this is a typical service provider scenario. You've got a fabric yeah. you've that you mm-hmm. want to provide services on top of. The network is the product. So yes. you need that tenant isolation just like any service provider. But you said something else here. Qu- quick to market. Do you have a timeline? Yes. Like how, how quick to market are we talking? Uh, so uh, we, we do not have a specific uh, go-to-market. So uh, we, when we uh, say uh, when the business decision is made uh, uh, that we want to develop this service, uh, we do some POC, and then we say, okay, it takes uh, 
that amount of time when we are ready uh, to go into production. And with the Appstra solution, uh, to be very clear, uh, it's a perfect solution to very quickly go to market with different services, uh, with different uh, type of regs. Oh, once you have your uh, blueprint, uh, what is Appstra called, uh, that means uh, the the, the the core network when you have it in place it, it's very quick to go to market so mm-hmm. yeah uh, okay, okay so one of the things if i'm developing a new service my normal process would be i would i once you get through the business needs and all of that stuff you begin getting down to the engineering of it how's this thing actually going to work and there's a a lot of engineering tied up in building out the configs doing some testing doing redundancy resiliency testing all of that what routing protocol am i going to use etc cetera, etc cetera. So one of the things Mehdi mentioned earlier was reference design. So I'm kind of reading into this since you're saying, you know, quick go to market. Rather than you having to engineer all this stuff yourself, you're kind of looking at Abstra, picking a reference design that allows you to deliver the services you want and fire it up. Is it kind of that simple? Uh, yeah, basically it is. So, uh, but uh, you, have to, you, have to, you have to keep in mind that so uh, what you have to do upfront is uh, uh, reference design means uh, you need a, uh, a layer three close architect- architecture for your network. That means uh, leaf spine uh, architecture, and uh, then you do uh, EVPN overlay. The cool thing about Upstream is, uh, as Mehdi already mentioned before, so so Upstream is doing all the heavy lifting underneath uh, the the reference design. So what reference design means is you do you're doing uh, building blocks, uh, different rack types, different uh, network devices with their uh, specific hardware profiles, and you do uh, the the pools for AS AS numbers for IP addresses, and then you put it together and say, okay, uh, let's have uh, this rack looks like uh, sixteen compute nodes and two top of the rack switches and Let's go and deploy it, and basically that's it. What Upstream is doing. So, yeah. and then you 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 are ready for the for the network part, and the the rest you have to do is just uh, put uh, virtual networks on it, and uh, it's get automatically isolated because it's EVPN VXLAN overly. Well, let, let me play devil's advocate here because uh, layer three cloud topologies, leaf spine, yeah. not rocket science. We know how to build these, so why not mm-hmm. like Ansible and just kind of go with Ansible to stand that up. Very good question. So actually, the thing is, why we came uh, up to Upstra is uh, it was clear for us that we uh, wanted to build a layer, layer three close architecture and EVPN overlay. And uh, I tried to do it with Ansible upfront. And uh, it became very quick, uh, very clear that you can do it with Ansible because Ansible is uh, imperative tasks one each other. You, you can do the, let's say, uh, the underlay perfectly with Ansible. But when it comes to dynamical changes, they, they do data center operations. Then you need a, a more sophisticated uh, thing. You need a source of truths and managing all these uh, dots that get, uh, that needs mm. to, to, to get connected. And uh, therefore, you need uh, some solution that manages EVPN for you. For you. As many already, so we all know EVPN is... <laughs> Let's say it that way, uh, a network beast, but it's very, it's very hard to manage. It's a perfect solution yeah. because it's, it's controllerless and it's very, <laughs> it's very distributed. But uh, when it comes uh, to managing it, so you, you, can, you can build it uh, uh, so 
for once or uh, for for the for the initial setup, you can build it with Ansible. But uh, you 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 cannot do Ansible anymore when it comes to dynamical changes on day two operations. <laughs> I think for your use case, using Ansible is a bit like being given a pen knife and then over there is a trunk, uh, um, is a log which is two feet around and it says, carve me a statue. Do you know what I, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and you sort of get some Python and then you get an IDE and then you get a continuous integration yeah. pipeline working and then you get some frameworks and then you use this thing and you use, you know, this and this and this. And, I mean, that's fine if you've got a couple of years and you want to learn some Python. I mean, great. Great, great. But you were yeah, talking before about time to market. You yeah. you were able to get Abstra and just go like, there you go. There's 80% of the solution. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, Python and Ansible are perfect solution for managing your network. So uh, I, I'm, I'm still doing it for, 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 for other things in, in our network. But when, when it comes to managing eVPN, so you definitely need something. And this is uh, one of uh, my main major feature of Abstra is they are using a graph-based database. So mm. these are all, all, all about uh, connecting dots together and with their uh, specific configurations. And uh, if, you, if you imagine uh, when you have to build this in a, in a typical relational database, it's, it, it's very, very hard to do. Yeah. And uh, it takes a lot so of time. Can I pick up on something you said there? You said that you're still doing Python. Uh, does that mean that you're now using Abstra AOS as a data source? So you're writing Python that then talks to Abstra AOS to get the information that, and you're accessing the graph database. You're using the APIs to feed into other systems still? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm d yeah, we are doing dif different things. So um, let me be clear on that. You need to know uh, what Abstra can do for you and, and also what Abstra cannot do for you. So uh, Abstra is using a reference design, and this does it uh, very, absolutely perfect on on that side. So, and but 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 uh, you still need uh, maybe you need uh, some some other configurations like uh, the typical thing. Uh, maybe you need some SNMP configuration and, yeah, and other yeah. things. Uh, this is uh, not something. Uh, it's it's very comfortable to do it within uh, Abstra. So uh, maybe. Uh, it's it's still a good choice, uh, like we doing. Uh, we 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 let Abstra do what they can do perfectly, and also doing uh, some some other kind of stuff uh, with Ansible playbooks. Okay, so use the right in, tool in for the job. It's not that you're not yes. using Python. Yes. You know, you didn't replace Python with Abstra. What you do is Abstra's AOS becomes a key tool for you, and Absolutely. then you continue to use Python to do things. And AOS becomes something that does a lot of the heavy lifting. You don't have to spend time inside of half a dozen yeah. frameworks in a continuous testing uh, paradigm and a room full of developers. You just keep moving on. Yeah, but the, but the hard work, really the heavy lifting is, is, is done by Abstra. And, and this, uh, this helps a lot when it comes to uh, go-to-market and uh, operations because you, you need a very very few resources uh, in comparison to before uh, before you use Upstra. I bet you get home on time most days because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, at this time, we are, we, are, we are doing everything from home. <laughs> yeah. oh, but that joke doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so, Gerald, I have I, a... I, I, did, I, did, I didn't say this. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm working more because it's a 24-hour home office. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I was, I guess what I was, you know, the idea, I always used to uh, get very fond of technologies where I could leave at five o'clock. I didn't have to stay until, you know, eight o'clock at night to implement them because they were risky or something, you know, it was always, or because it was, they wouldn't necessarily work or whatever. And so I was always a fan of something that I could configure during the day and then go home and be done with the whole thing rather than futzing around endlessly. Yeah, but the, but the cool thing, but the cool thing about Appster is so uh, it, it's get everything is getting validated uh, by the tool. So mm. uh, when you uh, when you do some, some changes or putting some virtual networks and uh, uh, some overlays for customer on it, it gets all validated. And uh, if it goes all green, you can go in yeah, for so a the area. The area you're touching on is, um, so when you talk about validation, we, we decompose that into like two main areas. So validation of, you know, the user input as well as then, you know, validation of the operational state, right? So, uh, and validation of the user input is extremely efficient in any network automation tool. Like, uh, uh, it, it's a key aspect when you develop an automation system, like the in-depth verification of the information that you pass on to the automation workflow is critical because otherwise, you are automating configuration errors, right? So, uh, and this is what we call like preconditions check. So to have efficient preconditions check, meaning making sure you have complete data available, making sure you have uh, uh, not only, you know, available data, but you have data in the right format and data that is not conflicting with an existing variable, like you are not using the same IP, um, you know, um, in the same environment or duplicate VLANs in the same rack and so on. That requires you to have a source of truth, which is already uh, you know, a difference with mm. Ansible workflows and so on, because you need to have a source of truth to reason about so that the system make all these preconditions check and you know, avoid uh, triggering a workflow that will end up you know, in an in a, in a, in a, in a error state. So uh, this is the first uh, you know, stage of the validation which mm-hmm. you know prevents you from 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 you know building errors. Yeah, this is this modeling architecture that Abstra has, which is the you have this internal model. You know, an interface is a thing, and the interface has properties, and but the interface is part of a switch, and the eVPN is related to the switch interface in a certain way, and you have this model, and yeah. that is what the customer actually consumes is this software model of how the network should look. But once you've got a software model, you can test the model and say, if I push a packet in here, does it pop out the other end where it's supposed to or not? That's your verification process. Is that a, is that a good summary? Or yeah, it's a good summary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The verification process will be like, uh, the way we view the verification process for us, it's like a, it's a result of your intent, just like the configuration is. You know, the configuration we know is 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 a result of your intent, right? It's uh, it's the result of your source of truth, like it's an artifact in software development terms, right? And and the the validation, like the expected state, is also an artifact, just like the configuration is. So. Uh, both of them are like first-class citizens. So the expected state is as important as the configuration itself, eventually more, I would argue. So um, so that the system is ready to compare both right after any configuration push. Uh, so this is how you, you know, close the loop. And uh, this is how you uh, go beyond just configuration deployment, right? It's graph nodes, graph nodes all the way down. <laughs> 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 so, Gerald, question for you. I mean, you've you've ended up with Abstra. Obviously, they they had you on the show to talk all about it. But there are other products that play in this space. Did you do some kind of a proof of concept test? How, how did you end up with Abstra? Well, uh, uh, 
Uh, actually, there, there are not uh, uh, so, so much uh, products out there that can do uh, what, what, what we needed. So uh, what we needed is um, mainly a management solution for our EVPN overlay. So it, it was very clear that we wanted to do uh, layer 3 clause, leaf spine architecture and EVPN overlay. And the hard part is I, uh, when I recognized very early in the architecture phase of our network is uh, that I, I cannot go very far with, uh, with Ansible to manage eVPN. And uh, therefore, I, I was looking for, for some tools and it came to my mind there is a company called Upstra because uh, when I started to deploy our first switches uh, at that project uh, a few years ago, uh, I did it with Upstra uh, ZTP. And uh, then I looked uh, how far Upstra AOS has come and I recognized, oh, they have a reference design, but only for layers reclose architecture. And I said, hey, maybe that's a perfect fit. So let's mm. talk. And <laughs> okay, so you'd run into them before doing some, uh, you said ZTPs as in zero touch deployment. You were standing up switches yes. from the ground up and deploying yes. them using Abstra. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, so, how did the proof of concept go then? Was it uh, I, I, they never go perfectly. So I guess I'm asking you to t tell us the truth, man. What happened? I, I'm telling you absolutely the truth, but uh, maybe that was not a, a usual POC. So uh, what, what, what I did is uh, uh, I did a, a POC on, on production hardware from the very beginning. And I started with a, a zero-touch provisioning uh, a process because uh, I wanted to do, do it in an automated way from the very beginning. And uh, yeah, and uh, then uh, we learned uh, together with Medi uh, how the network modeling is done within Abstra because this is the crucial part. You, you need to understand uh, how Abstra is modeling things and what the tool is doing. Then you can go very quickly. Well, you need to understand that because it was like doing network discovery, and you had to have it cabled in a certain way. Or how did that? Impact? No, it's it's not it's it's not because of network discovery. It's just how you build your your reference design. So you still need to 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 you need to model uh, the different types of regs you're using and how how the compute nodes are connected, and therefore it is very helpful that you understand how Upstream is modeling this kind, kind of thing. And uh, then you can put it very fast together, and uh, we did a lot of blueprint uh, deployments uh, during the POC because you can do it, let's call it either boat, because you, you can uh, scratch it and build it uh, from the very uh, beginning uh, with yeah, three mouse clicks uh, yeah, yeah, I would say, and uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, this yeah, is this is a greenfield scenario, in other words, Gerald. Right? You're 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 going into the abstract tool. You're you, you've got the model, the reference model, the thing that you're going to yeah. build. You're putting yeah. switches, and racking them, and cabling them in a way that should yes. match what you have set up in Abstra, and then Abstra yeah. can connect to those devices. ZTP yeah. uh, configure them from scratch. Put the configuration yeah. on them that's appropriate, so you can stand up the fabric you want it to stand up. Absolutely. So, 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 so the process is uh, we we have a tool where where we uh, do the the data center planning, connecting, and cabling. Then we we get out uh, some uh, some export from this and I import it in, into Abstra and. Uh, Therefore, I, uh, I start with a zero-touch provisioning thing, and it ended up uh, as a managed device in in Abstra. 
from there you can uh, deploy your blueprint uh, if you have uh, done it. And uh, so uh, we, we designed together with, with Medi the blueprint uh, uh, in the POC phase, and it took us only two weeks, so mm-hmm. uh, not more. Mm. You know, like any POC, you start with going through your design process, like you build, you, you build, you know, typically your, your intended topology, uh, which is where, you know, this is the part where you wear your architect hat. So you basically think of it as you sketch your intended clause saying, I want to have like two compute ports, for example, and one border port, and I want to have external connectivity that way and that other way and so on. And then you just go through the selection of the hardware platforms to uh, you know deploy on each role. Like I want to have this for the leaf and that other device for the spine and super spine. And that and ends up being the running blueprint. Um, so the process we go through in a POC is very, very similar to basically what the customer uh, will follow in, in a production environment. And it was the case here. When you say a greenfield approach, so uh, I, I guess uh, you, you can only do it on a greenfield uh, thing. Yeah. At least a, or, or separate uh, uh, environment to do the abstract thing. You, you cannot uh, just uh, integrate it in the in existing big layer two domain or something. Yeah, well, else. we always say that, but the reality is you can never replace a data center fabric as a brownfield. You can't replace this piece and this piece. Yeah. You, you know, if, you, if we think back to the old days of, you know, chassis-based switches with based around fat tree, you know, spanning tree and M leg, if you wanted to upgrade it, you didn't replace it in pieces. You replaced it in a one hit, right? So it's not like uh, they were always greenfields. We just didn't think of them because, uh, and the shift to EVPN is also substantial. You're moving away from fat tree, M lag, spanning tree type architectures to a layer three EVPN. Well, Greg, Greg, I'll even put a a more fine point on it. Having gone through both of these, both a greenfield and a brownfield, where you were talking about the old style, it wasn't that we couldn't do it, is that it was so painful and risky to try to mm. migrate to this uh, other environment <laughs> yeah. that was not greenfield, yeah. that was brownfield. It's just like you were all, yeah. it was miserable through the entire process. So being able to go greenfield yeah. is so much more preferable. Yeah. Absolutely. So so when I when I talk to other colleagues, uh, they they uh, and they want to do uh, the modern uh, style of uh, layer three close architecture, and I always suggest them don't 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 try to to put it in parallel and, and migrate it over or something. Do, do a greenfield approach, do a separate environment, do your layer three close architecture as it has to be done, and yeah. then you will be happy. You could do a patch of green, what I call a patch of green. Mm-hmm. You've got your brownfield, there's your existing network, but you start with you've got a new deployment coming up and there's your first, because the abstract solution scales horizontally. You can start with three or four spine switches and a half a dozen yeah. leaf switches, or even less, I think. Um, maybe Mehdi could tell us. Absolutely, but- Greg, yeah. This is a very common pattern that we see, like most of our, of our deployments, as you say, I mean, we call it green patch, as you say, mm-hmm. you basically have an existing environment, which is like an aging infrastructure, probably, you know, I'm like MC lag or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, existing, um, you know, infrastructure. And, you know, comes the time where the customer has to move to EVPN. So we start with like, just, I don't know, two racks or four racks, like, and then as you, you know, move servers from one environment to another, you grow, you, you scale out, which, you know, architecture allows you to do and as you scale out you basically just you know model your your new racks in in uh, in aos so this is a very very common um pattern we see in, in most of the customers yeah yeah one of the the major concerns uh, uh, 
what was I was hearing is uh, when when they try to to put uh, layer three close architecture in place and they still want to connect to to legacy services, so uh, they need to understand that uh, layer two is uh, is ending up at the top of the rack switch now, and uh, this is not a, a big layer two domain anymore, and <laughs> this is uh, very very hard for 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 most guys. Mm. Well, uh, right, yeah. You mean you don't have a huge spanning tree domain to to contend with? Yeah. Because you've, you've got the EVPN that lets you do the layer two everywhere. I'm assuming that's your use case. Yeah. So, so for us, it's a use case. Use case. But but if you if you want to migrate from a from a, a big uh, spanning tree uh, layer two domain to to layer three close architecture, and you do it, uh, uh, want to migrate on the fly, you need still a layer two connection. So the thinking is uh, okay. You cannot just uh, connect layer two as you used to be before because uh, layer two is ending up on the top of the rack switch. So what what you can what you can do is just do a VXLAN overlay to your legacy service and then migrate it over. So this is the thing you can what you can do. Mm. Generally, what we do in this case is we start provisioning layer two VXLAN only, and uh, we enable the layer three part of VXLAN only at the end with you know an Anycast gateway only once like all the layer two services have been migrated to the new environment and. You know, you shut down the existing core router of the customer or whatever to then enable layer three in your EVPN domain, which kind of ends up your migration process. So I guess one of the questions here is your legacy L2 network, was it awesome or was it not so awesome? Oh, that was, that was uh, uh, the, the, the reason for a sleepless night. So uh, layer two mm-hmm. is, is not the kind of uh, stuff you want to, to have as a, network engineer and have uh, silent nights. So um, It was fine when it was a, a, small, right? It was fine when you had a half a dozen switches or 10, 20 switches. Yeah. 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 But, but big layer two domains are, are are very, very crappy and fall apart. So this is basically, <laughs> basically uh, yeah, let's see, it's, a, it's a fault domain. So the layer two domain is your fault domain. So yeah, yeah. If, if something goes wrong, so every, everything uh, going down and... Uh, and uh, I guess uh, every network engineer that has to operate a yeah. big layer two domain has, has already uh, experienced uh, that the whole network went down because of spanning tree or other M-like issues or what, hmm. whatever. I, so I think the L2 to L3 issue should be something we should discuss because um, obviously getting away to an L3 EVPN is stable, like the network is stable, but are you able to yeah. offer customers L2 services over the L3 fabric using Appstra? Yes, sure. A- absolutely. The, the, the cool thing about uh, EVPN overlay is uh, that you can uh, offer all kinds of services. So um, what Appstra is doing is uh, the right thing when it comes to VXLAN routing. So uh, it, it uses uh, So things like multicast, I get L2 broadcast, all that stuff, that's all there, just transparently to me. Even though the fabric underneath is L3, it just yeah, looks for, like for, L2. For you as a customer, it's absolutely transparent. You you do not uh, you do not recognize that there is a layer three underlay. So it's it's absolutely transparently for you, and you can do uh, just a well known routing with uh, symmetric VXLAN routing or uh, la- layer two uh, connections uh, from rack to rack, and it's absolutely transparently. And we can also do even uh, layer two uh, connectivity from one data center to another data center. All right. So extending over either VPN. Yeah. Okay. All right. So 
that whole idea of extending L2 between data centers that is a problem. But so let me ask you this question. Is it reliable? Is it stable? So just because you're extending L2 between data centers doesn't make it a good idea. But <laughs> I guess the flip side here is that if the L2 causes a problem, it doesn't take down the entire... So actually, as a as a as a fabric operator, I, I don't care what 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 the what the customer is doing on on the overlay because it's it's still a stable, reliable layer three fabric on the underlay. So hmm. and the, the the overlay is doing its job with with isolation and providing layer layer two connectivity from rack to rack or or from data center to data center. And uh, you do not have to care about the, all the things when you are doing layer two on the underlay network. So it's it's absolutely reliable. So you you so, absolutely. Yeah. It's a good question there, Greg, and on the uh, you know the need to extend layer two and whether it's a good idea to extend layer two between between data centers. So. As a matter of fact, I mean, I would prefer not to, but you know, it's required from from many customers. There are like applications yeah. that requires it. But then the way you implement that and back to the full domain. So indeed, you can either consider like your two or your multiple data centers as one EVPN domain, which is like one full domain. And in this case, yes, if you have bump traffic, like it will, you know, go across the different the different, uh, you know, uh, links and DCs, but you still have the bump reduction from EVPN. But then there is another way to achieve data center interconnect where you kind of, you know, um, have a different EVPN domain, including one per DC plus one per, you know, in the WAN, and you're stitching the different domains together. This is probably one of the, uh, you know, more optimized way to do it so that you have like different fault domains. From a service perspective, you are, you are still offering the same service to the customer, but operationally speaking, you have boundaries, just like you can have like pod boundaries, you'll have data center boundaries. So it's a matter of choice and capabilities of, of course, the, the north that you select and so on to go through a, a flat, you know, model or a, you know, multi-EVPN domains model. The major point here is uh, that you have boundaries because of a layer three underlay. So uh, uh, to get to the question, uh, if it's a good idea to do a layer two connection between data centers. So in general, uh, it's not a good idea and I will, I would never do it uh, on the underlay. Right. Never, mm. never but, on the underlay. Only, only, <laughs> but what only you're saying on is on the overlay. overlay. And I guess yeah. there's a key point here is that that's really important to you because you've got customers coming to you expecting layer two connectivity. They'll be running some sort of some application that need that yeah. they don't know how not to make their app not L2, yeah. you know, they need so, it. And if you say yeah. no to them, they're going to say, thanks, we'll see you later, right? And that's not. A absolutely. So so uh, if, in, if I do not <laughs> like layer two technology on the, on the uh, data center fabric, uh, so we were, were thinking about how we can provide customer needs and uh, you will uh, have a layer two connectivity needs for, several years ahead so uh, mm. make no mis mistake on that so and then it becomes very clear you have to do it on the overlay and therefore you you're absolutely safe with the layer three underlay you have your mm. uh, uh, small fault domains and uh, you can reliably provide layer two connectivity 
rack-to-rack inter-DC, so uh, on the very reliable end. This should have been the whole show. We should have just sit here and parked on how to safely design layer two extension (laughs) between data centers. Uh, I would say I'm on the wrong podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Gerald, I I do have one more practical (laughs) abstra-y question for you. A lot of what we've talked about here has been about like deployment, building out the thing, the initial configurations and all that stuff. Okay, so what role does Abstra play in your life once you've done that? You've stood the fabric up, it's there, you've got all your EVPN stuff. How do you use Abstra in day-to-day operations? So the way we, we are using it is we have our customer portal where customers can order services from us, and this is also our billing engine included. So uh, it's a kind of self-service portal, portal, and uh, from there we are provisioning automatically uh, services into our fabric. And uh, this also includes uh, API calls to Upstra. So we we are connecting uh, Upstra with our uh, portal and uh, therefore, yeah, it's very integrated and uh, very automated. And uh, this is uh, what Upstra can do very well. As before, you have to know the model, also the... the (laughs) the right API calls to, to do it. But uh, once you figure it out, it's a, a very reliable and a very cool thing to do. And uh, so, just so back up a second. I think I just heard you say you're basically exposing some of the data that you can pull out of the Abstra database to, was it to, to customers no, about or? No, 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 no. What, what we are doing is uh, pushing uh, configuration changes into uh, Abstra via the REST API. So oh, when it comes oh, yeah. Let, let, let's say let, let's say a customer is ordering a bare metal server from us from from the from the self service portal, and what, what we are doing there is finding a spare server from from our pool, and we are fetching uh, some available IP addresses, and we are doing a, a REST API post call to Abstra that this virtual network gets provisioned in Abstra automatically then. Oh, this also should have been the whole show. Oh, oh that's cool. <laughs> uh, I like it. Yeah, wow. me too. <laughs> so, okay, so 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 you've got your own whatever front end setup where you're ingesting that customer order and then just pushing yeah. via the yeah. API calls in into Abstra to provision the thing that the customer needs. Yeah, and the cool thing that's about cool, what Abstra is doing, what Abstra is doing, uh, so uh, Abstra is still doing the heavy lifting uh, underneath it, and also the validation. So. Uh, y- uh, I'm just saying, okay, uh, give uh, that uh, server uh, in that rack uh, that virtual network. Let's say with uh, uh, layer three connectivity to the internet, and uh, Upstart does all the, the the validation. And when you get okay, the the commit is uh, is okay, and you can be safe, and uh, you can say, okay, in the portal, okay, dear customer, you're ready to go. <laughs> Uh, again, going back to that whole time to market thing that we start started with at the beginning, that's just another big component of that. It wasn't just building out the fabric. There's this, you know, this customer facing bit is is kind of a big yeah. deal, man. We buried the lead. That was that's a really cool feature. <laughs> well, this is this is this is the thing I was trying to drill into, Ethan. It was the difference between time to deploy and time to market. Yeah. Mm. It, this is this isn't just, and that's why I was asking the question about the SDN and building the code on top of the SDN because. The the Abstra solution becomes the whole network configuration and operation cycle. 
And then when you integrate it, you don't have to sort of call from the the operational platform, say, new customer needs VLAN, add IP address, create route. Abstract does all that for you. Well, it's effectively the the way a cloud operates, right? It's a self-service portal. Someone can go in and and get the thing they need, request it as provisioned, and it all happens automatically. You've got to have the system in place to make that go, but that's, that's our new reality, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the thing is, uh, even Appstray is doing uh, cool cool things in an automatic way in the fabric. I, I still do not want to configure each uh, virtual network for each customer in UI. That has to be done automatically. So that the customer can choose his own VLAN in, in, the, in the self-service portal and uh, go and fire the API calls. And uh, and uh, what what one cool thing about Abstra is, and this was also one of the decisions uh, to buy Abstra is uh, you get monitoring uh, for these services in addition for free. Mm. So uh, when you when you configure a virtual network, a basic scenario, uh, configure a, a, a virtual network for a specific rec, uh, you get the the monitoring as well. Mm. So, so you're talking about the analytics and the visibility tooling that Appster includes as well, because it's yeah. already collecting the data from the switches, and then they, yeah, and then they created an interface so you can see utilization on the interfaces, you can see switch performance, CPU, all that stuff. That yeah. rather than drill into it, you know that that's what you want to yeah. Yeah, collecting, normalizing, and and exposing the uh, you know capability to uh, to you know obtain this data via APIs or even to stream it out from the server to any existing you know data lake stack or whatever that you want to uh, you know ingest or feed with with uh, with telemetry data. So uh, so yes, you need to have this collection framework. You need to have an extensible collection framework so that you can basically say I want to collect like new data from the switches and you know NOS has exposed a lot of data today. You need to have like a data normalization framework and then of course the ability to insert in a tool chain to make this data once normalized and analyzed and and, and insight extracted out of this data you need to be able to make it available um, through through whatever you know system out there requesting it so uh, apis have to basically expose you know configuration and and and, and data uh, which is i think what uh, has been mentioned by gerald and just to uh, come back on this on this api thing so uh, um, the idea is of course to have you know feature parity between between UI and API and and you have this unified API but more importantly uh, it's you know it's an open API framework you know the X swagger thing so if you are a developer and you want to develop on top of AOS uh, like Rega mentioned before uh, you can basically take this API specification and just you know, generate a client library out of it because that, you know, that's what, you know, open API framework is all about. So you can say, I have this API definition here or specification, go get me a Python library out of it or go get me a, I don't know, a Go library or you name it, right? So you get something that is like a, a, a programmable library, but already, you know, having all this uh, primitive so that you can immediately, um, you know, consume the product um, from its northbound, northbound interface. So I do have one question. One of the unique things about Appster is the ability to sort of not worry too much about the vendor of the switches. Is that a factor, Gerald, that influenced your decision-making? Because it's kind of a big deal for some customers. Uh, yeah, a- a- absolutely, because uh, we, we are using already Whitebox uh, inf- uh, uh, hardware and uh, Cumulus Linux on, on top of it, and uh, that's uh, supported uh by, by Abstra as well, and uh, this is, uh, yeah, as I said before, so uh, it was in the very beginning a perfect fit for, yeah. for us and a perfect, perfect match, and uh, we, we, we played well together. 
And when, when you think about you're not tied to, to, to any hardware vendor, you're not tied to any software vendor. So, and uh, what Upstra is doing uh, also now is supporting uh, the Sonic operating system. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you think about it, okay, uh, well, let's say you want, you want to do uh, some, some deployments uh, with Sonic because it's uh, open source, it's free, and uh, you can do it. And uh, the same way as you can do with uh, Mellanox hardware or EOS, iOS, uh, w w whatever you want. And uh, mm -hmm. you just have to model it in upstream. Do not uh, have to take care or any headaches uh, how this uh, have to be configured uh, on specific platforms. Which is actually kind of a big deal because who cares about configuration? I'm so over it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I figured out all the commands and I can write a configuration that, stance. I'm so awesome. Let, yeah, I'm so let, over let's it. That's so last century. <laughs> I think that freedom is very interesting because it does mean that you could start with a vendor choice today and then migrate to a different vendor choice over time. So maybe you do want to be in white box, but you feel some insecurity. And so maybe you start with, you know, uh, some Arista or some Juniper or some, you know, whatever is on the, uh, on the tested and validated list. And then later on, you start adding in a couple of white boxes running Sonic in an area where it's not exactly mission critical and build up your level of confidence. And that gradual approach to change is something that I'm very fond of. Yeah, for, for me, the big, the big deal, the big deal is uh, when you decide, okay, uh, doing white boxing and disaggregating hardware from the software. And this is a, a paradigm change uh, from, from the years before when you use your Cisco appliances or what else, uh, or, or uh, Juniper. And uh, this is, uh, yeah, it, it's some kind of, of new freedom when you do that white box desegregation thing. <laughs> and it's very flexible and very reliable. That's, yeah, we want to give choice fun. on the... We want to give choice option and optionality to, uh, to, to the customer. So the, you know... The key thing is, you know, being, you know, vendor agnostic is, is to have this freedom to introduce a new vendor or change another vendor. Even if you have like a running environment with AWS, you can, let's say, take a rack and say, I just want to basically, you know, move this from existing like a NOS to Sonic. And that's a very easy workflow process so that you can basically, you know, you know, gradually and very easily, like introduce a new vendor in your in your fabric. And the key thing is indeed to decouple, you know, entirely your intent from the choice of hardware. So your intent is portable. Like tomorrow, for whatever reason, being cost or technical or political, and, and there is a lot of them, you need or, or, or you have to basically move from one vendor to another. Your, uh, in, you know, your automation code or your intent is not hard-coded to any given vendor. So you, you, know, you can basically port it from a vendor to another um, yeah. the same way you just you know, change an IP address from you know, one IP <laughs> to another. And the interesting part here is that Appster's AOS becomes the point of control and yes. also becomes, but AOS is already deeply integrated into Gerald's systems. He's got a whole bunch of software integrations going north for customer provisioning. It's a more mm -hmm. natural point of control or, or of restriction than it is to have, you know, some CLI as your point of control. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if, if, if your point of control was, was CLI, you have... <laughs> you need a lot of uh, coffee and sleepless nights to uh, to achieve the same uh, the, the same uh, change uh, because you don't have any any you know uh, you don't have a true understanding or modeling of your network so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very complex problem to then basically translate from one CLI to another. 
So Gerald, one final question here. Um, that That is about, does Abstra, is there something missing for you where you like, ah, I wish it did this and I hope they add this feature. They got like a punch list of things that uh, maybe should be coming up next in your mind? No, uh, good, good question. So uh, uh, there is actual one thing uh, I'm, I'm waiting for. It's already on the, on the roadmap uh, and the, it's also up to the promise uh, for Upstart that they are doing the same feature set for all platforms. Uh, there is uh, one gap uh, for me uh, that ACLs uh, are not working right now for Cumulus OS, but uh, it's on the roadmap. And coming I up next year, yeah, Q1. <laughs> I, I, Very I'm soon. Eagerly <laughs> waiting for that. Because, Absolutely. Uh, because uh, yeah. and th- th- this is this is this is a very cool feature, uh, by the way, uh, from Abstra as uh, many others. Uh, um, so you you can do uh, ACLs uh, with uh, security endpoints and security zones, and this is a very comfortable way you do ACLs. So when you have done uh, ACLs by yourself, by uh, Ansible or CLI, you know, uh, <laughs> it's very time consuming <laughs> and very, very, very error prone. So uh, you will like this feature in Upstra as well. Who put the permit IP any any at the top? <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mehdi, are there any other roadmap features that you care to mention um, coming up for Abstra? So we're we're going to increase the design flexibility uh, in 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 the product to um, to allow more templating at, at you know at the logical level. So we already have you know design templates at the physical uh, on the physical dimension, but we're going to give the ability to create like logical templates that the customer can basically uh, you know use to then tag different um, you know servers or application and say anytime I add a rack of this type. Um, you know, I want all the existing, you know, services to be automatically deployed. So we are going to even, you know, push this this uh, templating engine further. Uh, we are going to, of course, increase the, um, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the feature coverage and have uh, Cumulus at feature parity with uh, all the existing losses. We are doing the same with Sonic. Sonic is a major, uh, uh, you know, uh, topic for Abstra. We are currently, uh, you know, um, have uh, various uh, PUC engagement uh, with various customers, and this is going to be a very, very, um, you know, important topic in the industry as a whole and for, 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 for Abstra as well. And, of course, you know, focusing and enhancing all the analytics pipeline um, and that's, of course, um, a major topic as well. So uh, a lot of cool features that are coming. And, of course, Gerald will be the first one to benefit from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to say I'm honored. And uh, it's a great pleasure to, to working with Abstra. And, uh, yeah, these are cool guys. And it, it's, a lot, it's a lot of fun using this tool. And uh, you get uh, a, lot of, a lot of spare time because of Abstra. That might be the best endorsement ever. You get a lot of spare time because there's a quote you can put on the website. This product gives me a lot of spare time. I think we're going to make some t-shirts for that. I'm going to ask the marketing to create some, um, I don't know, uh, you know, t-shirt or stickers. Um, You know, get get your spare time. (laughs) Get your spare time. I've already been When you're just focusing on on the the fabric, but uh, I'm using this time and... uh, 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 drive the automation even further and integrating with our portal and yeah, developing new services. So mm. thanks to Abstra, I have time to doing that. <laughs> so, uh, Mehdi, um, where should folks go if they want to find out more about Abstra? I'm assuming abstra.com, but if there's anything more specific you want to drive folks to, please, this is your chance. Yeah, abstra.com. Um, uh, we have a YouTube channel. We have a lot of content there, uh, you know, both, you know, 
various demos of different features of the product, but we also uh, have very interesting uh, talks from uh, the uh, notorious Jeff Tonsura and Jeff Dahl, which host uh, you know, a regular podcast um, called Between Two Nerds that goes into the details <laughs> of all the uh, uh, configurations. Um, so uh, that is a very um, you know, a good resource tool. And we have you know, also uh, something called, you know, uh, uh, academy.abstra.com, which is kind of the learning portal with, um, um, you know, anything you need to learn about the product and go through the uh, Abstra certification uh, to be uh, an automation expert. Excellent. Well, thank you again for joining us, both of you. And thanks to you that are out there for listening to today's episode of Heavy Networking. And again, our very special thanks to Abstra for sponsoring today's show, because that's how this works, everyone. Without our sponsors, we could not bring you the episodes each week, keeping you up to date with the very latest in networking technology. And by the way, Heavy Networking, that's just one of the many shows on the Packet Pushers Podcast Network. All of our shows are designed for your professional career development, and you can check them all out at packetpushers.net slash subscribe. If you'd like to keep up with us with via social media, because, you know, some of you are like that. All right, well, Twitter, at Packet Pushers, we're there. You can find us on LinkedIn as well. And watch TikTok, because Greg is planning a series of favorite celebrity impressions where he will perform while wearing funny hats. Or don't watch TikTok, because maybe I totally made that up. Or did I? Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.